the vast, vast majority of people who do gymnastics are never going to go to the Olympics. You know, everybody's like, oh, you just got to train really hard and be really dedicated. A lot of people do that and they still don't make it to the Olympics. That's okay. That's fine. That doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't do gymnastics. I mean, I think gymnastics should be for everyone. Welcome to the Tenno Podcast by Train Like a Gymnast, a podcast for formerly competitive gymnasts, dancers, and cheerleaders to come together as a community to realize their potential. Together, we go farther. My name's Danielle Gray, and I'm the founder of Train Like a Gymnast, here to help you become the best version of yourself physically, mentally, and emotionally. On Tenno, I sit down with Olympians, Cirque du Soleil artists, former elites and collegiate athletes, stunt performers, and fitness professionals to show you that you're not alone. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of the 10-0 podcast. Today we've got with us Layla McCarthy. She's actually a T-Lag team member, recently joined, and she had no idea what she was getting into. <laughs> and I'm so happy that she's a part of our team. What's your, what's your experience been like so far in these past couple weeks? Uh, I mean, it's been good. I've just been um, following the, the Slack and getting to know everybody and, you know, adding more people on Instagram to follow and, you know, seeing what everybody's doing. Yeah, it's been good. Wonderful. And that's, that's what we're all about is just creating that community for us. Because if we don't have a competitive team anymore, we don't have that environment. It's so hard to connect with people who get it and train like us and those who don't necessarily like cardio or just lifting weights, you know, that whole thing. So so happy to have you a part of it. If people aren't familiar with who you are or they don't follow you or anything like that, tell us about your background in gymnastics and where you are today. Okay. Yeah. So thanks for having me. I, I feel I'm a little nervous and I feel a little unworthy that you're interviewing me because I listen to some of your other podcasts and they're mostly Olympians and <laughs> high level NCAA gymnasts. And so that's not me. <laughs> so this is going to be a little bit of a different story than a lot of your other podcasts, but um, maybe that's good. You get to see the other side of it. I mean, it's always exciting and ex inspiring to hear from all those people, but the vast, vast majority of people who do gymnastics are never going to go to the Olympics. And no matter how hard you, you know, everybody's like, oh, well, you just got to train really hard and be really dedicated and, and work really hard. And a lot of people do that and they still don't make it to the Olympics. That's okay. That's fine. That doesn't mean you can't or shouldn't do gymnastics. I mean, I think gymnastics can and should be for everyone, I think. So yeah, so I started gymnastics when I was 11, which in gymnastics world is already pretty old. I grew up in a small town in the middle of nowhere in Ohio, and there were no gymnastics gyms. Like, I think the closest one was a 45-minute drive away, and that wasn't going to work. Yeah. So um, I just did gymnastics at the local YMCA. So we did have a team, and there's like a whole YMCA league where they compete against each other. So, and I made it up to level eight which for people who don't know is sort of a medium high level. It's not like what you see on TV or anything like that, but it's also not like a super beginner level. But I also, when I say I was a level eight, I was a YMCA level eight in the nineties, which <laughs> is totally different than probably what people think of as like a USAG level eight now. So just to give you an idea, like even at level eight, we, we only train less than 10 hours a week. I think it was like nine or nine and a half hours a week. Our team had like 35 girls on it and two coaches for 35 wow. girls. And most of the girls were like level five, level six compulsory levels. And then there were three, me and two other level eights. And the coaches mostly just spent their time with the compulsories and kind of just left us on our own to figure things out. 
And yeah, so I, I'm sure that probably sounds like completely crazy. I mean, most people, if you get to level eight, you're in this serious program and get all this dedicated attention to you. And we're just like grabbing the code of points and looking up like, okay, we have to have this many A's and this many B's and this many C's, flipping through and looking up skills like, oh, I think I'll try this. No, why don't you try that? So we just kind of figured it out on our own, which I think I've always kind of wondered how good I could have been if I had been in a real program with a dedicated coach and training more. But also there was, there were some good things about it. And just in the sense that I had so much freedom and so much creativity, I made up every single routine that I've ever done, including cutting the music and choreographing all of my floor routines. And I, and I still enjoy doing that today. Uh, so just to give you an idea of kind of how extreme that it was, my first ever level eight bar routine, I made up in the car, in my head, on the drive to the meet. And I was just sitting there thinking, what am I going to do? Like, um, maybe I'll do this and then I'll do this and then I'll do this. And then, and then I got to the meet and I competed it having never practiced it a single time. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't recommend doing that. <laughs> I'm practicing, having a plan and practicing is generally a good thing. But there were a number of times where I would compete and my coach would watch me. And then afterwards he would say to me, Hey, that was pretty good. When did you learn that? I've never seen you do that before. So yeah, that was my introduction to gymnastics. So I did that through high school. And then, well, well, actually, I kind of got kicked off the gymnastics team my senior year of high school and banned from the YMCA. Oh my God. That's kind of a whole side story. Please do tell. Well, I don't know. It's, it's not that interesting. I mean, it was obviously very devastating at the time because gymnastics was my whole life. Usually I would go straight to the Y after school and coach for a couple hours and then go home, eat dinner, do a little homework, and then go back to the gym for a couple hours um, to do gymnastics. So losing all of that was really hard, but it, it kind of worked out for the best. So I ended up being a cheerleader in my senior year, which mm. was kind of nice because it got me more involved at my school, which, because normally I was just at the Y all the time and I didn't really know a lot of people at my school. And so I made some new friends and then I went to college. So I went to Ohio State and I actually sort of tried out for cheerleading, but it was a two day tryout. And on the second day I overslept. And uh, so that, that was really upsetting. Everybody in my dorm was out partying the night before and I went to bed early because I'm like, I have this big thing tomorrow, like I have to go. And I don't know, I think I did that thing where you set your alarm, but you don't turn it on or something. Or maybe I just slept through, I don't know, but anyway. That, you know, that was upsetting, but then that also worked out for the best because then spring quarter of my freshman year, I saw a flyer. So someone was starting a gymnastics club at Ohio State and it didn't pre-exist. So it was brand new and they were just starting it and they were having this organizational meeting for people to figure out how it was all going to work and organize everything. And so I was super excited. I was going to get to do gymnastics. And so I was, I was thrilled. I ended up being the president of the Ohio State Gymnastics Club. And at first we didn't really, we didn't even think about there being other clubs from other schools. We just reserved our time in the gym and went in and practiced and had a great time. And it was, that in itself was already a great experience because it was people of various different levels. I was kind of in the middle. There were some more beginner levels. There was a guy who had previously been on the NCAA team, but it wasn't quite working out for him. So he joined the club, but he was like really, really high level. Mm. And for me, it was almost kind of like high school. So we didn't have a coach. We coached each other and we encouraged each other and said, hey, you know, why don't you try this? And, you know, some people knew how to spot and we did that. Yeah, so we had a great time. And then I still kind of wonder, it, it just seems like such a random 
freak coincidence, but my junior year, I got a new roommate and she was a transfer student from Indiana University. And it just so happened that her old roommate at Indiana University was on their gymnastics club. Like this roommate didn't like had nothing to do with gymnastics at all, but her, her old roommate was, was on the Indiana club and she told me, she's like, yeah, and they even have meets and stuff against other schools. I was like, no way, get out. That is amazing. You know, I need to find out about this. And so this was in the 90s. So it's not like I could go Google it or anything like that because that <laughs> exists. Um, so I actually got her phone number and called her and talked to her. And so that's how we found out about the NAIGC, which is the National Association for Intercollegiate Gymnastics Clubs. And so my junior year, we ended up just going to one meet at Eastern Michigan University just to like check it out and see what it was like. And then my senior year, we essentially did like a full season. We competed against Indiana and Notre Dame and Miami of Ohio. And we made a big road trip to Virginia Tech, which was super fun. And then at the end of the year, we went to NIIDC Nationals, which that year was hosted by the Naval Academy in Annapolis. So that was another big road trip. And it was just, it was so much fun. It was a blast. By that time, you know, we were training in the gym together and hanging out outside of the gym and traveling together. And like, so we were basically at that point, all best friends. It was really the best experience that I could have asked for. So you got to be a part of that as president and like you helped start that. Are they still doing that to this day? They absolutely are, yeah, and uh, yeah, still going strong, yeah. And the NAIDC has grown so much since I, I started with them. It used to mostly just be on the East Coast and the Midwest, and now they're practically nationwide. I think there's only a handful of states that don't have NAIDC clubs, and now, like, the NAIDC is actually kind of expanding. There's a handful of clubs that aren't even affiliated with universities. They're just adult gymnastics clubs, So, and I'm actually... A part of one of those, so before coronavirus, I was traveling for work so much. Um, there's an adult team at 5280 Gymnastics in Denver. So they're not tied to a university or anything, but they have, and, and then they go around and compete at the NEIGC meets. So during the regular season, they'll compete against the University of Colorado Boulder and, and Denver University and Colorado Springs, I think, has a team now. So um, what so did you some work, work that you were, were traveling and able to, to find this out? Oh, well, my work's kind of crazy. So I, d I do spacecraft navigation. Oh, so wow. I work on a NASA mission called OSIRIS-REx, and it is currently orbiting. Well, actually, we're out, technically out of orbit right now. But we're, we're studying an asteroid, and hopefully this fall we'll collect a sample from the asteroid. The mission support area is at Lockheed Martin in Denver, so I have to travel out there a lot. So, okay, so you travel a lot, you as an adult have figured out, okay, so I can still continue to compete as an adult. So what is that whole process like if people are just hearing this for the first time and they're like, whoa, I can still do this? I didn't know I could. Yeah, so there's a lot of clubs. I mean, you can, you can look up the NAIGC's website and, and they have just this big monster list of all of the clubs in the entire country. So, it, I mean, it kind of depends because most of them are tied to a university and they all have different rules and some of them allow non-students to be part of their clubs and some of them don't. And I don't really have a good feel for how many do and how many don't. I think I've just been really, really lucky because yeah. I've actually, like, in the last 20 years, I have competed for UC Berkeley, UC Davis, University of Colorado Boulder, UCLA, and the 5280 team that I talked about. And then also there's, um, they call it the NAIDC Alumni Club, which is basically just, it's not 
really like a specific club. It's just anybody who doesn't have a club, you get thrown into that group. And it's called NAIGC alumni because originally it was, you know, people who had done NAIGC in college and didn't want to quit. Yeah. But yeah. You, don't, you don't actually, you don't actually have to be alumni of anywhere. You I know that was one of your things is you're like, don't retire, don't quit. So yeah. what would you say to those who are close to the end of their competitive years? I mean, it, it's kind of up to you. Like when I hear people say that, you know, they love gymnastics so much and it's their life and it's a part of their identity and they're so upset about having to retire. Well, I mean, if that's really how you feel, then just don't, you don't have to. Maybe if you are one of those really high level people or like an, an NCAA, you know, maybe you cut back your training hours a bit. You know, maybe you don't do your biggest, baddest tricks that you have, or, you know, I don't know, depending on the situation that you're in, maybe, maybe you still do. I just do gymnastics for fun. I've always thought it was fun and I just always loved it. And I never really saw a reason to stop doing it. So I didn't. And I will say, I, like I said, I have been really lucky in that doing gymnastics as an adult in gymnastics gyms is not always so easy. And I don't fully understand what the situation is, but there's like problems with insurance yes. where the gyms don't even let you in. We yeah. have that issue for our retreats when we try to find gyms when we're going to destinations. A lot of gyms, their insurance only covers people up to age like 21, 22, which is college age. And so that's why- I, I don't know what to do about that and I don't know how to change that. I wish I did. I don't know if there's anything that can be done about that, but it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, I mean, so presumably, like, they would make those rules because they think adults would be more dangerous, but they're yes. really not. If anything, as an adult, you're more mature, you yeah. realize the risk in doing certain things, you're going to be more cautious. Yeah. Also, as you get older, things just hurt more, so you <laughs> tend to use more mats. <laughs> um, it's like, so true, it's, but they're just like, adults are higher risk to fall and hurt themselves then they're also more likely to sue than a parent of a kid. So that's their insurance. Like it's so hard for us to get insurance. I mean, I've known a lot of adults who have done gymnastics over the years. I've never known a single one of them to ever sue anybody. Right. So I don't know where that's hey, going. Let's start a petition. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, if you can find, I mean, there's, as we're learning now with the coronavirus, there are things that you can do at home. It's kind of hard to do uneven bars at home, which... It makes me yeah. very sad because that's my favorite event and I miss it a lot. <laughs> well, you can do the Train Like a Gymnast Digital Summit and we got, you know, we're working on pull-ups and things like that, that, like the drills for when you go back in. So just, that's part of my philosophy too, is just, there's always a way. You can always do something or you can always find a way to do. Yeah, and I, I found, like I said, bars is my favorite event, so I'm, I miss it a lot, but I, I found a number of YouTube videos with bar drills and I have a floor bar. Yes. So, and that's something pretty small and cheap that you can get. So I have a four bar or like practice, try to practice drills for cast handstands and handstand pirouettes and stuff like that. Nice. So that's sort of been. So how do you find the time to train while you have a full-time job? I don't know. It's sort of the same way you do it in high school or college. I mean, that's, they always say like, that's one of the good things about doing gymnastics when you're a kid and in college, because it teaches you how to plan and budget your time and make time for study and homework and and knowing that you have to go to practice and it's the same thing like I have I have things that I have to do at work and I know if I want to go to practice tonight I better get it done right now so right. <laughs> so I have time to go 
I mean, there are times where I have to miss practice because something comes up or I have too much to do. And I, I usually try to go to the gym at least two, I prefer three times a week is usually about how much I go. But, you know, like I said, there's some times where I have to miss, but um, right. it's not too often. So there was a period of time, my previous job was teaching physics at a community college. And for anyone who doesn't know teachers or community college teachers, it's such a huge amount of work. I mean, it was minimum 60 hours a week. I was burnt out and exhausted all the time. When I was teaching, I missed gymnastics a lot just because I was either too busy or too exhausted to go. Right. So then what if someone is in that position, like you just said, where you were X amount of years ago, they're exhausted, there's no time, but they love gymnastics and they miss it. Like what, what can they do? I mean, that's hard. I mean, it's a matter of prioritizing, right? So, and, and actually I remember at the time, when I kept missing gymnastics, my husband would get on me. He's like, no, you should go to the gym. You should work out. Um, yeah. You'll feel better. And I'm like, but I'm so tired. He's like, but you'll get there. You'll perk up. And, you, and that is another thing. There, there have been plenty of times where I felt exhausted. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm just going to show up. And even if I stretch and don't do anything else, at least I'm there. And then a lot of times you do get there. And then you do a few handstands. You get upside down. You get that blood rushing to your head. And, and you do just kind of perk up and then you get this magic energy that lasts for a little while and, and you can still get in a workout. So it sort of depends on the level of busyness and exhaustion that you have. But if you can manage it, just go. Even if you don't think you're going to do a whole lot that day, just go and at the, at the minimum stretch, because especially as you get older, you don't keep stretching. It goes away fast. <laughs> yes, it does. And it's happened to me and it's terrifying. So that's what, that was the next question I was going to say is what do you do and what do you tell yourself when you start to lose flexibility or you start to lose skills? Um, because remind me again of your age. I am 42. You're 42. Okay. I'm 27. And I'm seeing it now. And so you're, you're doing harder skills than me too sometimes. And so I'm like, okay, so what happens if I'm at this level and then I continue to lose skills? How do you stop from feeling depressed, frustrated, or like a failure? That is a really good question. I mean, I haven't faced that too much. So I, I mean, honestly, I'm still kind of at the same level that I've, I've been at basically at the same level for 20 years, more or less. Amazing. Um, I don't know. I had like a little bit of a peak maybe when I was like 24. And then I went to grad school for physics, which was another period in my life where I wasn't doing gymnastics a whole lot because grad school for physics is really, really hard and you don't really have time for anything else. But then muscle memory is a really great thing. Like if you can get back and get training, even if you've taken some time off, things just tend to come back. So like I said, so I had like a little bit of a peak, maybe around 24. And then I took a little bit of time off and then sort of came back and I don't know, never really got quite back to that peak, but I'm not that far off. There's definitely moments for sure. And that happened all the time where like just a skill is not going the right way, right? It just happened recently. Like I've been able to do aerials forever. Aerial was one of the first skills that I learned. I learned for some reason, it just came easy for me. I learned that before back handsprings or back tucks or anything, which was sort of out of the normal order that you learn things. Right. That's actually true. <laughs> That has always been a skill that has always just been there for me. And then just a few weeks ago, I went to go try them and I either was not making it around and had to put my hands down or I didn't put my hands down and I was landing really low to the point where like I was almost kind of hurting my hip. Mm. Um, yeah. And that, that was, that was really frustrating and discouraging because I'm like, this is my skill. This is the thing that I want to be able to do forever. <laughs> yeah. How'd you get out of that? 
I, well, I, I just, I took a little break from them. And I think part of it is I'm just doing it here in my living room, which is hardwood floors and <laughs> everything hurts a little bit more. So I, I have a couple panel mats. I took my panel mats out to the park and where I had room, because normally I just do them from standing. And so I, I took them out to the park where I'd have a little bit of room to run. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna spend a day and just work on them and get them back. And that worked. <laughs> um, but gosh, I don't know how you, I mean, it's, it's just something that everybody deals with. It's good to have a teammate, somebody who's working with who can remind you, hey, Sometimes the skill's not there, but you got it. Walk away, take yep. a break, come back. Don't over frustrate yourself because then you're just going to spiral down and it's probably just going to get worse and worse. And then you're going to get even more frustrated and feel even worse about yourself. Like just, exactly. It's a hard thing to do to stop because you're like, no, I just want to try it again. I just want to try it again. Yep. But yeah, at some point you just have to be like, this is not my day. Walk away, come back, right. get some other thing. It's just remembering um, that not every day is going to be the same. Not every day is going to be great. But those days where it is a struggle, where you feel heavy or slow, it's time to take a break. It's not that you can't do it anymore. But then like you, what you did was you changed your environment. You changed the way and you found a way for it to work. And then it did. So just having that patience, having grace with yourself, taking a break and revisiting to regroup. That's, I and, and flexibility is kind of a different thing. Like I said, if you don't do it, you're going to lose it. Mm -hmm. Flexibility is absolutely one of those use it or lose it things. But also if you work at it, it does come back. There's a lot of people who, you know, they think they're too old and too stiff. And I'm like, well, that's because you're not spending the time working on it and spending the time stretching. If you want to be more flexible and you're willing to work at it, you will become more flexible. That's just how it works. And even with things like uh, back bends or back walkovers, I've had this discussion with a lot of people who seem to think after a certain age, maybe even like late 20s or 30s, oh, you just can't do back bends or back walkovers. I'm like, right. no, I'm 42. I can do them. It's, exactly. And, and I, I went through like one of the times that I took off some time from gymnastics, I was doing the flying trapeze. Yeah. And flying trapeze builds up your lats time and you know it wasn't that I didn't have strong lats but my lats are way stronger now than before I did trapeze mm -hmm. but that also made my shoulders a lot tighter yes. um, which makes bridges and back bends a lot harder and so and I'm still trying to work on getting that shoulder flexibility back and I can definitely feel the tight lats in there but I have enough flexibility that I can still pull off back bends and back walkovers and I firmly believe that if I keep working at it I can actually get what I consider a good bridge back <laughs> with what my shoulders open and, and shoulders over my hands and all that because it's it's not there right now it, it's literally like the minimum amount of flexibility that you need to pull off back walkover is <laughs> and just barely do it and painfully but I can do it yeah I feel that I feel that so if someone is getting burnt out or they're feeling inflexible or stiff or old I want you to really listen to this episode and remind yourself of everything that we've covered because all of it applies and you're never too old to do gymnastics you're never to this or to that if you have your body you can do gymnastics gymnastics is body weight movement it's calisthenics so if you just do something each day like Mayla said if you just go to the gym and you stretch or maybe you wake up and you do 10 push-ups before you brush your teeth just you're doing something that gets you closer to where you want to be. That's what this is all about. And this is, the, this is the question that we ask everybody who comes on the show is, what does it mean to you personally to train like a gymnast? 
I knew you were going to ask me this because I listen to your podcast and I know you ask everybody this. Yep. So, I mean, I think it means something different to me than, than a lot of the other people that you've had on me. For me, it's just finding something that you love and that's fun and something that you want to do. There's a lot of adults that, you know, maybe they're out of shape and trying to get back in shape and they start some exercise program or some, some diet, but it's not something that they enjoy. It's just something that they're making themselves do because they think they have to, or they want to look better or something like that. And, you know, in those kind of situations, the best case scenario is that, you know, maybe you have success for a few months or something, but if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick with it. Exactly. Just, um, he, or if you do stick with it, you're going to be miserable. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, for me, that's gymnastics. If that gymnastics isn't for you, you know, just find something that you love that you want to do. Like I don't, when I think about going to the gym, I don't think, oh man, I have to go to the gym. I think, ah, I get to go do gymnastics. I'm yeah. excited and I want to go. So for me, it's, it's just having fun, doing something that just coincidentally happens to be a good workout as well. Yeah. <laughs> On top of that, like, I mean, there's, there's lots of other side benefits to gymnastics. In addition to the fact that it's just fun, there's so much fear in gymnastics, you know, all, all the flipping stuff. And it's just having that fear and forcing yourself to overcome it. It's a great feeling in and of itself. And then it also like carries over to other things in your life. After teaching physics at a community college for nine years, I had tenure and I just up and quit my job and went back to grad school again at 36. When I tell other people that, that sounds crazy. Like, why would you leave that job security? And that seems like, well, you know, I wanted to see what else is out there. And I had no idea where it was going to land me. But just gotta go out there and try. And, exactly. And We've also got a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. So if you are listening to this and you're burnt out with something and it's not fun for you and you're not enjoying it, you leap into the unknown. And we're humans. We adapt. We find a way. You're not gonna end up homeless. I mean, <laughs> I thought I was going to be, but I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna say that. But you, if you've got a support, get your support system first, and then leap, and then. You'll be fine. That's what I have to say. Any last, uh, any last things you want to leave with our listeners before we tell them how they can find you and follow you? I, I just want to say, so as we were talking earlier, there's a lot of gyms that don't allow adults, but there are gyms out there and you, d you just have to look there. Um, and there, there's that Facebook group, just like fine wine, dot, 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 adult gymnastics. So if you're having trouble finding a gym that will let you come in and work out, that group is a great resource. You can just be like, hey, uh, you know, this is where I live. Does anybody know any gyms nearby where I can work out? And you can check out the NAIDC website and see if there's any collegiate clubs nearby you. And you can reach out to them and see if they'll let you join. Like I said, so sometimes the clubs allow non-students and sometimes they don't. And, and sometimes, even if they don't allow non-students, depending on what their situation is, if they're working out, at like a private gym off campus. You know, some schools, if they have a varsity team, sometimes they're allowed to work out in the varsity gym, sometimes they're not. And some schools don't even have a varsity team, so they just go to some local gym somewhere to practice. Yeah. Um, they might still let you work out with them. Maybe you won't be allowed to officially be part of their club, but yeah, they, they might still let you work out with them. So you can definitely ask around. Lots of Googling with all the moving around that I've done. Just go on to Google Maps and look for gymnastics and call every gym that you can find and be like, hey, can I come in? And Exactly. Um, 
I get those questions all the time. And we'll, we'll link these websites in the show notes. So if you're listening, go to the show notes and click on it and you'll be able to do your own search. But agreed, I get questions all the time. I, I don't live anywhere near a gym that has adults. And then I do a Google search. I'm like, here you go. You have to just try to find it and just be specific with your searches. Because sometimes people just search gymnastics and they're like, oh, it looks like all kids. But you have to search adult gymnastics, adult class, open gym, 18 plus, well, add modifier to 18 plus. You don't know where you end up. But that kind of search where you are getting specific and then actually call or email them and get an answer. And yeah, like, I even I even found a gym one time that had a secret adult class where, okay. like, if I called the gym and asked the people at the front desk, "Do you have an adult class?" and they said no, and they had they did not know about it, they didn't even know it existed, and I just you know this gym happened to be five minutes from my office where I worked, and I was just determined. I was like, this gym would be perfect for me to work out at. I'm just gonna go in and talk to them and beg them and see if they'll let me come in and work out. Yeah. And then when I got there, I went there kind of later in the evening. And it turned out there was this secret adult class that one of the coaches stayed late until after the kids left mm. and let adults come in. And it was just, it was like a five or $10 just voluntary donation to the coach for his time for staying late. But yeah, if I had not gone to the gym myself and looked in, I would have never found it. Wow. There is always a way if you want it bad enough. I love that. We're going to end on that note. So if someone wants to follow your gymnastics journey or come cheer you on at your next competition post-COVID, how can they get a hold of you, ask you questions, and follow along? Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is at L-E-I-L-A-H-M-C. Perfect. So Instagram is where it's at. Thank you again so much, Layla, for taking the time out of your very, very busy day to talk with us. And I hope you all really got something from this episode and now have a little more confidence and belief in yourself. Want to win a free coaching session from me? If you loved everything you've heard in this episode or love 10 in general, we want to hear from you and we may even feature you in a future episode. So all you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review, screenshot that review, and then send it to team at trainlikeagymnast.com. That's team at trainlikeagymnast.com to be entered. If you win, we'll contact you to schedule your session.